Well, happy Celebration Sunday, Clear Creek Church. So good to be with you. I want to begin this morning with a question. Here it is. What is your favorite holiday of the year? You've got 60 seconds. Text, tell someone, but especially our young folk. Go ahead, tell someone in your house. Go for it. Did you share yours with someone? Very good. Well, did you know that celebration is a characteristic of God? It's true. God loves to celebrate. He loves it so much that he inaugurated seven different holidays or holy days, many of them a week long for celebration and feasting. These seven festivals were central to Israel's identity. In fact, they ordered their annual calendar around these seven seasons to pause and praise God. And it didn't matter what was going on around them and in the world, Israel would still pause and praise. During seasons of peace and war, they would praise. Feast or famine, praise. Whether free or captive, they would pause and they would praise. And here's why. Praise is like the steering wheel of a car. It steals the direction of your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. This is why the psalmist says in Psalm 107, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. He's saying, if you, don't like, if you don't like where your thoughts are going, then you can steer them with praise. Your emotions carrying you away? Change course with praise. Your words and actions driving you off a cliff? Listen, you can regain control with praise. Praise is essential for getting you where God wants you to go. So the psalmist then asks this important question, Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you. In other words, tell your story. And that's what we're going to do this morning. I know it can seem odd to celebrate in the middle of a global pandemic, but the psalmist would say, now is especially the time for praise. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate God's goodness by telling stories of His goodness. Now, our church community has much for which to be thankful. Even during the lockdown, Clear Creek has celebrated many beautiful milestones from births and graduations to some very special anniversaries. And I want to begin this morning by introducing you to two of our newest members. On February 22nd, Daniel and Olivia Pippin gave birth to their second child, a beautiful little girl named Eliza May. And then, on April 20th, John and Winnie Hostein welcomed their fifth child, Piper Joy, into their family. (laughs) We celebrate the birth of this little one and all of our new members. In fact, we want to pray over them 
because every life is infinitely valuable to our Father. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray for these little ones and their new lives, for all who are being born, that they may come to know Jesus and trust him as Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, they're not the only ones celebrating today. When the lockdown kept graduating senior Leah Gray from attending her school's senior prom, her parents David and Jean decided to hold a family prom night in their bonus room, complete with costumes. (laughs) Now, when I asked David if there was any video of that night, he politely told me yes, um, but we'll never see it. But congratulations to all of our graduates. And then also, earlier this month, on May 6th, longtime members Booty and Carol Fox reached a major milestone. They celebrated 65 years of marriage. In fact, they wanted to say hi to all of you now. We're missing everybody. We're missing everybody. Clear Creek. Love you. Love you. Love you. Again, congratulations, Booty and Carol. We love you. We miss you. We are praying for you. And to all who are sticking it out in their marriages, may God bless you. Now, the lockdown hasn't kept you from serving either. In fact, when tornadoes hit our city late Easter night, many of you jumped into action. You cleaned debris, you helped neighbors, and you offered encouragement to others. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. And you aren't the only ones. When longtime members Wayman and Evelyn Vickery had serious surgeries and needed help, many of you stepped up to serve in a beautiful way. I spoke to Wayman earlier this week, and this is what he had to say. Uh, Evelyn had a problem with her brain. Fluid was staying on her brain and filling up in her head, causing serious problems. And I myself, the doctor told me that he had to remove part of my left leg and my foot. I was totally unable to leave my house. Bob Olson from our congregation came and visited me and, and realized that I could not get out of the house. I couldn't walk a single step. He designed and secured installation. There were four 24 steps involved in the uh, ramp. 13 of the church members uh, came in and they just did a perfect job and it only took them half a day. And it worked just wonderful. Ever since then, I've made at least uh, eight uh, trips to uh, doctors and hospitals uh, taking care of myself and my and my sweetheart. During that time, wonderful women and ladies of the congregation and their families furnished total food for us for four and a half weeks. That's just wonderful. I'm so grateful. I want, want to thank them. I love the church and I long for the time when we can be together in person. And I love our congregation. There's no better place to worship the Lord in this world than Clear Creek. 
thank you for being such a blessing to the body of Christ here. And to all of you who are serving in other ways, we praise God for you, but tell your story. Now, that's not all. There have been so many other stories. And in fact, there earlier this week, I had the privilege of interviewing some of our members to hear their stories of God's goodness in this very strange season. I want to share with you from their lips what they said. I want to introduce you very quickly to the rest of the church. Uh, Miss Dawn Marlin, Mr. John Clevenger. This is Daryl and Melanie Mann, Sherry Shannon, and Gina Wilson. Dawn, let's, uh, let's start with you, sweet friend. First off, you have been a cradle roll teacher now for 32 years. I think we have someone with us right now who uh, who may have been in your class. Is, uh, is that right, uh, John? Yes. I'm pretty sure he was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lifelong member of, of uh, Clear Creek Hickson when it was back in the day, and yes. yes. Being social distance, it's hard to touch lives the way you do typically. Um, and that bothered you. And so talk to me a little bit about what you and some of the other ladies decided to do to bridge that gap now that we have some distance? Uh, Well, basically, Heidi Stone reached out to me one day and just said, hey, what do you think about the Zoom? I am technically backward. I am not good with anything technology. So Heidi said, you know, maybe we could do this and get them on. And of course, I was very excited about the idea of seeing them. And then my daughter, Chelsea, is better with a computer and she does that with her job. So she said, mom, I'm doing Zoom all day long in our business. So she orchestrated it. It was Heidi's little brainchild. Chelsea set it up, and we just sent messages out, emails to all the parents. And oh, it's just so cute when you see those faces up in the screen. One of our favorite things is, even though they're busy and running around the room, some of them, when we have this little shush book we do at the end of class before we do a little shush and then a song and the prayer. And when you start doing the shush book, several of the babies, there's one in particular, but all of them will stop and look at the computer screen and watch that shush book. And then they, you know, we do a little prayer at the end. And I mean, it's like they still remember church. We want to, we want them to be connected. We want them and their parents to remember something about our church community, that we are a church family. And it's just, uh, it's just so sweet. Awesome. That is awesome. Hey, John, give everyone just a real snapshot. What do you typically do as Mr. John in the elementary grades? Um, I, I come in, I'm like the pep rally guy. Uh, I come in every time I grab that microphone, I'm like, good morning, Clear Creek. How are we doing today? Looking for that good, great, awesome, ready to worship, uh, wake them up in the morning. Um, but I, yeah, so I, I'd say, I'd say that's my chief role. And then, um, I work with some of the older children on kind of preparing them to go from children's ministry to youth ministry. They're ready. That's what they're wanting. They want to be treated like young adults who are ready to learn how to be the future of the church. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Tell us a little bit about how you have helped connect these young people during the lockdown. Well, I got to give credit to uh, Laura Harbin. She has organized everything for these kids and put it all together for them. But one time we we did uh, this really nice worship service, and I was kind of worried about it because I didn't know how many kids were going to log in with their families. But we had probably 30 families log in for a worship service over Zoom. 
Um, we sang some fun songs like the, the Hippopotamus song. And then we took some requests. And man, I got to say, my favorite thing was when we took those requests. Because um, it was this amazing moment where someone couldn't remember the name of the song that they really wanted to sing. But they'd kind of hum it out or they'd say a couple of words that were in there in the song. And as a group of 30 families trying to figure out what song this was, we'd figure out what song it was and we'd start singing it. And it was just amazing to watch God work in that way where even though one person doesn't have the answer, the collective church as a whole can find that answer. We had a moment at the end where Laura just said, hey, we're going to take the next 10 minutes to just catch up. And as soon as she said that, these kids just started firing in like, hey, buddy, how have you been? I haven't seen you in forever. Can't wait to get back to church. Like everybody just started talking to each other. They had like kept it all bottled in for the worship service. And then as soon as it was over, I mean, it was lightning round of everybody trying to talk to each other. I was on my cell phone instead of like a computer. So my screen kept jumping with who was talking the most. And the screen would tell me somebody different was talking. And it was just great to see how excited these kids were for their friends at church. That's awesome. Sherry, you came into a new neighborhood last June. So go ahead, tell us a little bit about how you got to connect with some of your neighbors. Okay, it was a neighborhood where people knew about each other, but didn't really know one another. So I just, in the opportunity, like one time a guy at work was helping me and we needed a tool. So I said, well, I'm going door to door. And he said, well, I know you will. And so I did. I went down the road until I found somebody. And I said, I need a deep set socket wrench. And he was like, oh, well, come on. Come to the backyard, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and people were watching me because I one night a dog showed up at my feet. I looked down, and there's a dog down there. And it has no collar or anything. And so, again, the guy from work was helping me. And he looked at me, and he goes, we're not getting to get any work done tonight, are we? And I said, nope, got to find whose dog this is. So I went door to door on that one. I run in the neighborhood and I try to wave at people and so if I had the opportunity, I would just take them cookies and I would say thank you or you know, it was nice to get to know you, just wanted to bring you something. And it's funny because people are really surprised by that and it's, I've been told I make a decent cookie so it's been kind of effective. Uh, the man I borrowed the tool from, I went and I took him cookies, well then he got back with me and said he wanted the recipe for one of the cookies. So when I took the recipe back, I met his wife. And so then uh, the storm came and the tree fell, a tree fell right by my house. And they saw me out there with somebody at work cutting it up and taking it to the road and everything. So one day I come home from work and there's a Walmart bag tied to my front door and it's got homemade bread pudding in it and a measuring cup crammed with toilet paper and a sweet little note. And it said, just thought you could use some homemade bread pudding and a cup of toilet paper, and from your good friends and neighbors, Pat and Cricket. And we had a joke in the neighborhood, instead of borrowing a cup of sugar, you would borrow a cup of toilet paper. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I figured she wanted her measuring cup back, so on the measuring cup, I attached a little note, and I said, as a good neighbor, you really measure up. And then I took a couple pieces of the toilet paper, and it was clean, it was not used, and I wrote on it, I said, um, building relationships one square at a time. So we've had a fun little relationship going and it's, it's been a role, it's been a blessing for me and I hope it has been for them too. Well, hey, Daryl and Melanie, you have a different story and how you've connected with your neighbors. We kind of think that our neighborhood's pretty typical. Um, everyone is somewhat private. 
a little, Daryl said, maybe restrained or constrained. And so I think that's everyone in their lives. They're so busy being busy. COVID, obviously, with everyone on the panel, changed things um, in our work and in our homes. And so I had already kind of begun after finishing the Jesus Next Door series. Um, you can call it, you know, coincidence, God timing, or whatever you want to term it. But all of a sudden, um, I found this great opportunity to have more people walk and talk with me. And people were outside. If nothing else, they wanted to wave from a distance and be able to say hello. So I began really thinking, you know, this is the time. Let's get on it. So I invited more people to join me and we would walk in our six feet apart with our dogs or whatever and some wore masks and some didn't. So a few had already kind of changed because anxieties were higher. Um, Everyone was a bit more concerned physically, um, financially. They were thinking about things that they'd never had even shared before. So we were becoming a little more interactive at that point. Yeah, but then all that changed. Easter Sunday, Chattanooga is hit by violent storms and tornadoes, uh, and you guys had an up-close and intimate experience with one of the tornadoes. Yeah, so we had already been in the basement once. We turned the TV on down there, and the weather person said 112 mile an hour wind, and it's looking at it on the map, I'm thinking, that is right above our house, when all of a sudden just a loud, deafening boom went off and everything went black and we just started seeing, feeling, hearing things peppering our our house and crashing and cracking and popping and banging. Um, Yeah, we thought the house was coming down on. Everyone then um, wanted to talk. Everyone wanted to share something. They wanted to talk about the experience. You know, I had people now uh, be willing to say to me, you know, they were coming up and telling me how they had prayed. That night, one couple um, in particular, really don't, they are of a different faith, but she came, she texted me to tell me, um, and wanted, I think she called me actually, wanted me to know that she and her husband had held hands in the bed that night, and she said, I prayed to God. Um, and and when she said that, I was really kind of um, surprised, because I never really heard, you know, those words necessarily from her, but she said, I pray that he would save us and sustain us, as you had mentioned because um, I had sent something out on Easter Sunday about how God is our protector, even through COVID. And I believed would save us, you know, in the, in the end, no matter what happens, we would get, get by. And she told me how she prayed that. But um, it just began then to kind of see neighbor helping neighbor. People were giving out names of contractors to each other, suggesting a tree uh, cutter or a chipper. Um, it was as though everyone um, became a lot softer. You had a much um, more loving eye that you at least in our own situation, we needed more before. So um, it just became a lot um, more friendly place to be. And I think that that's what's going to cause some people, even though they're looking at such despair and destruction, they will choose to rebuild, I hope, because they've seen a difference. That's awesome. You know, Gina, I'm, I'm thinking about with you, especially as a nurse in a local hospital, when this came up, it created a lot of questions for people. And one of those was a question of protection. Okay. The, um, when this all started, there was not a lot of certainty in the medical community of whether we were going to have enough um, protective equipment, PPE, uh, mask, face shields, those type of things in the hospitals. Um, our hospital decided that they couldn't give everybody a mask every day up front because we didn't know we wanted to be good stewards of what we had and that it was okay for us to wear homemade masks if we wanted to. Um, I have asthma 
So I felt like I needed a mask. Um, but I am not domestically inclined at all. So I cannot sew or do any of those unique things that are now I wish I had learned. Um, but I needed someone to sew some masks and I had looked up some videos on how to do it. And I had a couple of our ladies, Lori Grant and Emily Salisbury, step forward to start making masks, not just for me, but for me to hand out to other co-workers, to people that needed them. And they made stacks of them, all different colors, all different flavors. They would put them in my mailbox. So I would come home and people were mailing them to me to be able to um, give them out. And I did that to uh, some of my coworkers. And I also did that in Target. I went and there's this um, little girl there. She's a single mom of four kids under the age of seven. And I always see her, uh, her name is Tawana and she goes by T and she is the only income for her family and that day you could tell her eyes were swollen she had been crying she was very upset and she had on a raggedy old bandana wrapped around her face that was kind of shredded at the bottom I mean it was an, in awful shape so I talked to her there and she was scared to death because she'd been deemed an essential worker and she had to work to support her family but was scared to death of catching this virus out there. So I said, hang on just a minute. So in my car, I was keeping these masks to give out and I was able to go out, get her a mask, come back in, fit it on her, show her how to put it on properly. And she boo-hooed, I mean, like a two-year-old. Well, here I am now, I had mascara on that day for the first time in a month and it was all gone. So we just stood in the middle of Target and cried. But I asked her, I said, are you, do you believe in God? And she says, oh yes, I pray every day. And I said, then we'll make a pact with each other. You pray for me and I will pray for you every single day and I believe you will be fine. And so when I go in there now, I occasionally will see her and she'll have on her mask and she's now acquired a few more and she'll you know, put her finger up to me and say, I prayed. Awesome. Again, everyone, thank you so much for sharing your stories. This has been awesome. Sherry had to step off a little earlier. I appreciate her. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all, and I'll see you all very soon. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for being with us this morning and joining us for Celebration Sunday. Remember, celebration does not end just because the service is over, but rather your celebration is the steering wheel to your life It gives direction to thoughts, emotions, and actions. And as you celebrate God this week, you will find that He is steering you into a different direction. Listen, if you have any need, reach out to us. There's a private prayer tab there in the chat section, or you can go to our website, or you can email us. In a moment, I'm going to put some prompts up on screen, some next steps. I invite you to take your next step. But perhaps the most important one this week is simply to practice praise. May God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you again very soon.